0: The inspiration is truly Italian, but what inspires me is the culture that is around here. There is a lot of Mexican culture around here. There is Asian culture around here. Some of the flavor you can find on my pizza. A southern Italian boy
1: who grew up loving bread finds himself in Los Angeles, the result of a clerical error which led to a chance meeting with his future patron and eventual business partner. He's now making some of the best pizza on the West Coast.
0: I need one thin sausage. I need two deep pepperoni to go.
1: This is Pizza City, the podcast dedicated to the art, craft, and passion behind some of the world's greatest pizzas. I'm Steve Delinsky, author of Pizza City USA and founder of Pizza City USA Tours in Chicago. And welcome everybody to the initial broadcast uh, podcast of Pizza City. This is very exciting. A brand new show we just are launching here in 2019. We're going to release new shows every other Friday. So today is January 4th, and we'll have one in two weeks, and then we'll just keep going every other Friday. Uh, my goal as I travel around the country, and, and frankly the world, is just to talk to some of the pizzaolos, or pizza makers, and uh, owners of some of the greatest uh, pizza joints we come across and hear their stories and find out uh, what their thought process was, what the the R&D, if you will, uh, behind their pizzas, because everybody has a different method. I mean, you're talking about... Uh, we could really go into the minutiae. I don't want to get too geeked out about some of this stuff, but we are going to talk about um, hydration, you know, how much moisture is in the dough. Sometimes we'll talk about resting time, how long they let the dough ferment. Maybe they're using different types of flours. Uh, Of course, ovens range from different temperatures. Some people really want it super, super hot to bake a pizza in maybe 90 seconds. And some others, like our guest today, Turn it down a little bit. They have wood burning, but uh, it might be 650 or 700 degrees, which means a slightly longer bake. And what does that do to the pizza? Of course, we talk about toppings as well. So we really want to expose you to some of the great pizzas, not just around the country, but around the world. Pizzas are made everywhere. I, I saw a story on CBS Sunday morning two months ago or so about pizzas in Japan. Now, I've been to Japan a couple of times. i got to tell you, I've never had pizza over there, and I'm kind of kicking myself because I know the, the Japanese, the tradition of the shokunin, the sort of craftsmen, where they try to master one element, that is a big part of the culture, and the shokunin there focus on pizza really are doing amazing pizzas, and so that's going to be a priority for me next time I'm in Japan, but certainly... I'll bring the recorder with me and uh, try to talk to a, a pizza maker there. But let's get on to today's show. We head west to Los Angeles. Now, I know for those of you who heard me before talk about the Feed podcast, um, I live in Chicago, have been living in Chicago for more than 25 years, and yet we are not beginning today's show in Chicago. That's coming up on a new show in a couple of weeks. But uh, we thought we'd start in L.A. because this is a pizza that, Very special and and really a a special guy behind this pizza. The place is called Pizzana. It's in Brentwood, kind of a fancy neighborhood. And I heard about this pizza, actually saw the post on this pizza from Chef Grant Ackett's, uh, the chef, founder, owner, co-owner of Alinea and Next and the Aviary. And uh, Grant certainly travels all over the world. He also loves pizza, so much so I asked him to write the foreword to my book, Pizza City USA, which he was kind enough to do. Uh, he's from Michigan originally, Midwestern boy, just really has a soft spot for pizza. And I saw him post a picture from this place called Pizzana. Um, it's right off the 405, so kind of convenient if you're running around L.A. And the pizza was just gorgeous. I can't remember what was on it, uh, what the toppings were, but it just looked beautiful. This The leopard spotting around the edge, the cornicione, um, the, the texture, the colors, the The sourcing of the ingredient, it all just sounded and looked so wonderful. And so I actually ended up going back to this place twice um, on the same visit. Um, I've taken my wife there. My son has been there. Um, I just, every time I'm in Los Angeles, if I find myself going up and down the 405, kind of on the western edge of L.A., I will find myself uh, going back to Pisana. And they're opening a second location uh, pretty soon, actually, on on Robertson. But I wanted to talk to uh, the chef and partner there, Daniele uditi about his pizza about his story he is from italy uh, and he he got an unbelievable almost like a love letter from the late jonathan gold not that long before he passed away um, talking about the pizza and how much gold loved this pizza and so that's where i begin our conversation um, in the restaurant at pizzana recently I want to start off right with uh, an excerpt from Jonathan Gold's review. Actually, that wasn't that long before he passed away, but he was really raving about the pizza here. One of the things he said was, when you bite into the pizza, quote, unlike the last Margherita pizza you had, this one is stiff enough to pick up with your hands. There is a crackle, a crunch, and a blast of fresh basil, that licorice greenness that never quite comes through from a single raw leaf, right before the caramelized tomato acidity kicks in. What was it like to have Jonathan Gold say such wonderful things about your pizza?
0: I'm really emotional about this because, you know, uh, I loved Jonathan before even he was coming to Pizza So I was following him about uh, how he described the L- LA and how how passionate he was about food, what kind of word he used about food. So when uh, I saw him coming and dressing the first time, I freaked out. He was pleased with it. So when we read the man, uh, the, the the review, where uh, me and, uh, and another two manager from the restaurant, we were like uh, screaming out because it was literally a love letter. It's it, and I was touched by it. So I will keep his word always in my heart as long as I cook, and I owe him uh, a lot. So well,
1: I want to back up. So where before you got to L.A.? Uh, obviously, you're from from Italy. What's your background? How did you get into pizza?
0: My family owns, a, used to own a bakery. Well, it's not really a bakery. We call it a bakery, but uh, a long time ago in a small town in Campania in uh, South Italy, uh, there were houses with uh, wood-burning oven underneath the basement. And uh, what my auntie used to do, she used to cook bread for all the, the town. So she had the oldest oven. And my family, that's... Uh, what, what they used to do. So my brother used to help my auntie, and then when I was a kid, you know, I was fascinated about flowers flying around uh, uh, the room, and you know, get your hands sticky into the dough, and that's how I started. It's like at 10, uh, eleven years old, I baked my first loaf with my uh, with my uh, auntie. And with my my grandfather, I loved pizza. So I used to use the dough that they made for bread just for pizza. And was the kind of pizza you grew
1: up eating the the typical Neapolitan that we think of uh, in this country, the the sort of wet, soupy middle and the, no.
0: No, not at all, not at all. I, I grew up eating Neapolitan pizza because between Caserta and Naples, it's like 15 minutes by car. So a lot of, there's not that much difference in the, um, in the crust in 15 minutes distance from two cities. But because my family used to make uh, bread and a lot of uh, houses and a lot of uh, places in uh, Caserta uh, used to make bread like that, you know, uh, pizza was sold in the salumeria, and kind of the salumeria, they had this uh, more cooked uh, pizza, almost resemble like a, a thin foc- super thin focaccia, and that's how I grew up eating, so... Were
1: they being baked in these wood-burning ovens in 90 seconds?
0: Not at all. They will, they will be baked at the same temperature, a piece of bread will be baked, maybe a little bit hotter because, you know, you have ingredients and... Uh, you know, And the pizza is more thin, so it doesn't need to stay that much longer in the oven because otherwise it will dry out and we, you will have the sandy texture in your mouth. But it was hot enough, t- like around 650, almost, sometimes touches to 700 when we have big production, but never going over the uh, 850, uh, 900, 1,000 degrees for 90 pizza. What
1: would you typically top it with? Was it just a margarita or were you adding anchovy? Or what kinds of toppings were typical as a kid?
0: Well, the classic one was just crashed tomato that wasn't even uh, uh, mixed. It just crashed tomato with the hand salt. So, San, uh, San Marzano's? Yes, San Marzano tomato, and uh, just crashed with your hand and oregano and garlic. That was the classic one, which a lot of people call this uh, marinara.
1: How did you decide, okay, well, you said you were flattening out the, the dough into pizzas, but how did you begin going down this pizza path?
0: So I started to work in uh, some of pizzeria around Naples and uh, in in Caserta. And I learned uh, Neapolitan uh, traditional way, which it was the 92nd, uh, sometimes 62. When you're super busy on a Saturday night, you go over like 600, 700 pizza in one night. And, you know, and you need to move fast and the oven has to be hot enough. But, you know, as my background is as a bread, bread maker, it's not really a pizza chef. I worked as a pizza chef for 10 to 12 years, but I was always making bread at night with my with my auntie. I found it a little bit difficult to believe that a pizza dough that weighs 250-300 grams can cook in 90 seconds, but that's my opinion and you know I started to experiment with uh, with the, the wood burning oven for the pizza but just with my auntie dough so what if I lower the temperature, what if I use the technique of Neapolitan technique but just apply to the stretching one uh, but just applying to to the dough that my auntie used to do can we try it and then the result was uh, almost a flaky dough that you know was more sturdy and all, uh, all the all the ingredients on one slice you know and that remind me of the, 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 the communion, you know, the, the sharing with my family at the table. And I think, I thought at that time, I, I was 22 when I started to do that, uh, and I thought that that's, that's what I want to do. I want people to be able to share, to have the same experience, to sit at the table and share the slice of the pizza with their the family. So that's what we do here at Pizza.
1: The, the, the Neapolitan you're talking about when you're working you know, in the restaurant, 60 to 90 seconds, That is a floppier, softer, somewhat wetter middle of the pizza, and I think a lot of Americans don't really understand or appreciate that. But that is traditional, is it not?
0: Yeah, well, Neapolitan Neapolitan pizza is juicy. You know, a lot of of people say wet, say, uh, you know, soupy.
1: You don't serve it sliced because slicing it will see the liquid seeps underneath and it gets soggy too.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. we don't slice it. But basically, if you see... uh, some of the picture old picture of uh, pizza in Naples pizza was sold on the street and was folded was even cut it was folded in four and uh, the crust used to hold all the juices from the from the top and you used to eat it like a sandwich like a calzone yeah that's all you used to but you basically a margarita pizza or, sorry uh, a marinara used to be folded like a wallet that's why they call uh, a portafoglio portafoglio means wallet and or a libretto like a, a little book So they used to close it like that in four and then go on the street and eat it. It was a snack. It wasn't even uh, a full meal.
1: I had no idea. That's fascinating. Okay, so you realize if you can try to take this technique but also use grandma or auntie's recipe and make this sturdier, maybe no tip sag on your slices, bake them a little bit longer, maybe a little bit lower temperature. So you brought this idea with you to the States. How did you come to to, to California?
0: Well, how I came here is a little bit of a funny way to, to say, but, you know, I came here to consult a restaurant. It was just a job for six months, and then um, the guy that brought me here, you know, messed up with my papers, and then, you know... That's uh,
1: never happened before in the restaurant industry, I'm sure. Well, no,
0: yeah. Yeah, 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 but, you know, everybody can make a mistake, you know. It, it, it's fine to me, you know. But meanwhile, I was making pizza on this restaurant here in Santa Monica, uh, on 26th street it was here and I just started to make uh, the first time they asked me to do Neapolitan pizza and then when I started to have some uh, um, impact with the American palate right so uh, if I make truly 100% Neapolitan pizza there's a lot of people that didn't like it The so people will send the pizza back so this is too wet and as like, juicy. Hey, it's too juicy yeah, it's too wet it's too <laughs> juicy but and as a kid from Naples, they never left the the, the country, so I don't, I don't know what this means. So. Like your Americans are crazy. You don't know what you're doing. This is pizza. It's from Naples, people. It's
1: it's it's not true. But you know, uh, I, think, I think you're wrestling with that. you you got to give the customer what they want in America, but you also need to be true to your origins. Yeah. And right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was I was struggling in the beginning, the first two months, to be to, to be sincere, but. Uh, I ate a lot of pizza in those two months, and I, what I did, I went around L.A. to eat pizza. So I said, why people say that this pizza is too wet, too s- juicy? Uh, so let me try to understand the culture. Let me try to understand why. I did all the chain, and then I started to go in a restaurant. I tried uh, Nancy Silverton, and I tried Moza, and it was it was really delicious. And But was different, was different. But it was an interpretation of... Uh, of a pizza, and that you know, and then another restaurant around him start to inspire me. I start to inspire me is maybe I should go back what I was to do with my auntie because it's what I enjoy it. And has my fingerprint on it. And start to talk like, uh, this is Daniele pizza. It's not Neapolitan pizza. But it's Daniele pizza, which is a totally different concept.
1: You started cooking for Chris O'Donnell uh, from Chicago, I should mention, by the way. Uh, an actor here, and he and his wife. And you started cooking for him privately, and then that led to something else.
0: When I met Chris, the waitress that brought me to, to meet Chris, because he was liking the, this sturdier pizza that I used to do, uh, that I was doing. I said, I want to meet the chef. So I went on the table, and the only thing I understood was teaching me pizza. I didn't understand any word that Chris was saying to me. I only understood that he had an oven at home. He just built an oven, and he needed to understand how to use it and how to, to cook for it. So we started. And he tried a couple of pies and then I said, you know what, you're good at this. I'm going to go enjoy drinking wine with my family and with my guests, but you can do this. You, you have a future in this job. So <laughs> he left me alone and making pizza and then it started to become, uh, you know, um, a tradition. So like every Sunday I was at Chris O'Donnell House and cooking pizza for his family and for uh, his, his guests. And then uh, thanks to Chris, I met lot of people. I I cooked for a lot of people too and one of these people were Charles and Candace Nelson which was uh, at the time uh, were working with uh, their concept sprinkles uh, cupcakes and they were so interesting about this new product that I was doing. It was sturdy, it was easy to handle and they love handle food, cupcakes and handle food. But Pizzano we opened up two years after we met.
1: We're going to take a short break. Uh, When we come back, Daniele Uditi tells me how he makes his fantastic pizza at Pizzana in Brentwood. Then later, we'll preview our next show, so stay with us. To learn more about how to make pizza professionally, be sure to attend the 35th annual International Pizza Expo in Las Vegas, March 4th to the 7th. It's the world's largest pizza industry show, serving independent and chain pizzerias. Attendees include pizzeria or pizza concept restaurant owners, operators, and managers, as well as distributors and food brokers. Exhibitors include suppliers of pizza ingredients and pizza flour point-of-sale systems, ovens, kitchen equipment, marketing and promotional materials, and many other companies providing goods and services to the pizza restaurant industry. Pizza Expo is not open to the general public, so you have to register. Go to pizzaexpo.com for more information. See you in March. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking with Chef Daniele Uditi on today's show. He's the chef and partner at Pizzana in Brentwood, which is a pretty upscale neighborhood in Los Angeles. He's getting ready to open a second location in West Hollywood early this year. And In our last segment, he talked about the path to getting to Los Angeles, but I wanted to learn more about how he came up with the recipe and method for making his glorious artisan pies, and that's where we pick up the conversation.
0: Do come from... A bread recipe, like I told you, but this bread recipe is a a historical bread in the town where I grew up, which is San Marco Evangelista. It's a really small town in Caserta, and the bread was called Canestrato San Marchese, which is a bread that is uh, put in uh, in a chest. It's a small percentage of type zero and uh, a lot of percentage of type one, but plus there is uh, germinated uh, flour, which is... uh, uh, f- come from uh, v- up north, up north, Italy, Venice.
1: Okay, and then, do you um, l- quite a bit of water? I'm guessing.
0: Yes, the, what the hydration goes around 75 to 80. It's really high in hydration. Sometimes it's really difficult to uh, handle it too. But you know, I used, I grew up with it, and uh, it's fine to me. We don't use yeast at all. We use something that's called Criscito and was started from my family 63 years old, uh, 63 years ago, and I came with uh, with it. Uh, when I came first here in the U.S. So uh, there's a history uh, behind the behind the dough. We refresh it every day. It's kind of like a mother dough, if you want to call it. But it's, it was started in uh, a basement where, used to, where you used to make wine at the time. So you know all the most, how you call it, the most yep. of the wine? Yep. They naturally fermented the first uh, dough underneath because around the most there is bacteria in the air. So uh, it's kind of started like that. So you do have to feed this every day. It's a natural... Yeah, yeah 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 we we refresh it every day but also we uh we use um a part of the dough that we have today, you know, and we will use it in the in tomorrow. Okay. And then two day ferment? It's forty eight hours fermentation at room temperature. Oh room temperature, not yes. a cold ferment. Yes. The inspiration is truly uh Italian, so Saudi, southern Italy, but also What inspires me is the culture that is around here. There is a lot of Mexican culture around here. There's Asian culture around here. So which some of the flavor you can find on my pizza. Do
1: you have a pie that has become your signature since you've been open here?
0: Well, I have two pies that became my signature. One, the first one is the neo-margarita, which is a play on the, on the, the traditional margaritas. Why you try to reinvent something that is already perfect you know and that's what Jonathan Gold loved about maybe because I took a risk I don't know but uh, the new margarita is a base, instead of be based with the tomato sauce it's based with the fior di latte cheese no no fresh mozzarella or buffalo mozzarella and then we do a reduction of our San Marzano tomato from two hours uh, sorry tw- uh, 12 hours and then we reduce it down and become a polpa which a pulp we become a really thick sauce with dots the pizza with it and then when it comes out we sprinkle uh, basil crumbs that we do in a house. So in the in the pizza when you buy it you have the three flavor of the margarita but just multi- multiply by a thousand so that's the experience I want to give it to people. And the second one is the cacheaccia pepe, which was a take on the, the pasta dishes and you know there is a lot of cacheaccia pepe out there, but I wanted to do my own. And uh, what I did is to recreate uh, uh, the sauce that the cacio paper e does on a pizza, you know, when you melt the, the wa- pasta water with the cheese. And I did it with the parmigiano cream that we do in our house.
1: You're baking them in a wood-fired oven, but you said it's not the 1,000 degrees in 90 seconds. So how do you balance this?
0: Well, the oven, the oven uh, is always around 600, and maximum it goes at 650
1: bake a couple of minutes then
0: yeah, two, two, sometimes three minutes depend on what, how many ingredients there is on top of one pizza, you know, uh, and I want the reason why I do that is because we basically have a wood burning oven, you know, and give the pizza sixty seconds in the, in a wood burning oven to me doesn 't have enough time to give the wood flavor to the pizza you't you don 't you don't taste the char you don 't taste. Uh, you don't taste a lot of the nuances that the, the wood can give you to the to a pizza. But again, that's my personal opinion. I don't want to start a war on Neapolitan.
1: I agree, though. It sounds it sounds right. And sixty seconds is not enough to impart a lot of flavor.
0: Yeah. Well, that's that's what I that's what I firmly believe, and that's what I'm uh, I'm trying to do. And uh, imagine that there is a lot of pizza that have. Sometimes four or five topping, right? And you want to give time to marry. The ingredient together, right? Again, if you flash cook something 60 seconds, you know, I I heard only searing stuff for 60 seconds, but cooking, I think, takes a little bit more time. So that's why my idea was, okay. I need to create a pizza that goes in the oven and then I have to get out a pizza with all the flavor that I was intend to. So if I have four ingredients, I want to taste all the four ingredients, and plus I want to taste the wood-burning oil that we have. But as it's
1: sitting on the table, you have it on this perforated pan. That's important.
0: Yeah, but basically we treat the pizza here like I used to treat the bread of my auntie. When you take off the bread from the oven, you put it to rest on a griddle. How you call it? The the perforated uh, pan. On a pan. Yeah, on a perforated pan because otherwise the bottom would be soggy. And that's what happened uh, with the Neapolitan pizza. Is right away served sometimes on uh, on a plate. Even if you rested like for 30 seconds on uh, a perforated uh, uh, pla- uh, plate, and then you put it on a flat surface, the steam is gonna still go away. So it takes time to cool down. And that's why we came up with the the this this perforated plate because as you enjoy the pizza by the slice. The pizza doesn't get soggy underneath. It's still, uh, it's still sturdy enough to have all the ingredients on top. And plus, you don't have the wet raw dough taste in your mouth.
1: That's why the Detroit styles are doing the, the cooling racks as well, like Emmy Squared and Union Squared in That's Chicago. Yeah. Um, and one more thing Gold had said about you um, after he was marveling at how crisp uh, the, the pizza was. He said, a mastery d- demonstrates a, quote, mastery of flavor, technique, and form and he concluded that Uditi is the real thing, end quote. And he is the real thing, and you should come to Pizzana next time you're in Los Angeles. You've got another location opening up on Robertson uh, pretty soon, in, in
0: 19, in, in early 19, would you say? Yes, we hopefully we should for early 19, you know, but you never know with, the, with, the, with this thing, you know.
1: Of course. Well, uh, Daniele Uditi, thank you so much for talking with me today, and congratulations on all your success. It's really been exciting for you. Thank you, guys. And that is going to do it for this inaugural show coming up in two weeks. A taste of true Chicago deep dish tweaked a bit from the original recipe.
0: The, the, for me, with the sausage, and when I teach people how to make pizza, it's to pinch and press, but I teach them to press it because when you press it with three fingers, you create these different surfaces that accept we put sausage on the bottom.
1: I talk with Rich Labriola, the founder, baker, and deep dish pizza maestro behind Labriola, where they make a game-changing deep dish for sure. That's in two weeks on January 18th. I produce today's show, and our theme music is by Bureaucratic. You can find more information about this show on our website, pizzacityusa.com, including Instagram links for pizzana and Chef Daniele. Thanks for listening, everybody. And remember, optimal bite ratio is the key to happiness.